The views expressed on this podcast are those of the participants, not of Reuters News. Welcome to The Exchange, a conversation with people of interest to business, markets, and financial professionals. I'm Sharon Lamb, Asia Production Editor at Breaking Views, the global financial commentary arm of Reuters, based here in Hong Kong. Rob Cox, the global editor of Breaking Views, and I had the opportunity to chat last week with Jane Sun, the CEO of China's largest online travel company, Trip.com. In this newsmaker, we discuss everything from the robust domestic recovery that China has experienced to Trip's secondary listing in Hong Kong, as well as the company's policies to retain and support a diverse female workforce. Jane has served as CEO of Trip, as well as both COO and CFO of the company, so she's uniquely positioned to share some insights. Give a listen. Jane, great to see you. How is, how is Shanghai on this on this rainy day in Zurich? Thanks, Rob. Uh, Shanghai is doing very well. Uh, we have just had our Labor Day weekend, and business is uh, recovering very strongly. So I love to share what we have seen in the domestic market in China with our audience. Oh, great! So Sharon, I hand I hand the mic to you to take that further. Okay, well, thanks so much. Thanks so much for the introduction, Rob, and thanks so much, Jane, for for joining us. Um, great to have you with us. Welcome. Um, so, yeah, I was, I was actually going to ask you a little bit about your Labor Day holiday. You know, China just completed that. Um, I believe it was five days uh, this year. Did you get up to anything exciting? Did you have any any exotic trips planned? Yes, uh, the Labor Day weekend uh, just passed last week. Uh, this year, uh, the government combined the weekend with the Labor Day three-day weekend and made it a five-day weekend. Uh, it went very well. Uh, the market, in terms of headcounts, uh, recovered to 103% compared to pre-COVID. Uh, 2019 level. Uh, for Trip.com, we did even better. Uh, so compared to 2019, we delivered double digits growth for both air ticket and hotel. For single day uh, growth, uh, air ticket, the highest to grow year over year, 28% compared to pre-COVID level. Uh, for hotel, we delivered 70% year over year growth. And for rental car, we grow more than 300% year over year. So it's very exciting for our domestic market. Right. Okay. Yeah, no, I was, I was going to ask you a little bit more about that. And, and China, I think China has seen a domestic recovery that is unlike, you know, most other economies and what they're experiencing. Um, Chinese tourists made uh, 230 million trips um, during the holiday, which is actually more than double from last year and even higher than pre-pandemic levels. You kind of gave us some numbers just now on how, I guess, trips business is doing. But you, could you share your thoughts um, a bit about on how, where domestic travel is headed? And also on trip, what, what is the Chinese consumer kind of searching for these days? What kind of trends are you starting to see? Sure. Uh, we have seen three major trends. Uh, so first of all, customers are paying a lot of attention to safety uh, uh, measures. Uh, so we advise our business partners, such as hotels, airlines, local tour operators, car drivers, to offer masks, offer hand sanitizers uh, for our customers to keep peace in mind when they travel with us. Secondly, customers prefer to travel with a very small group 
uh, instead of getting on a bus with 50 strangers, they prefer to have one uh, family uh, wing driver, one uh, tour guide uh, to guide the whole family or with close friends. So we saw uh, smaller group tours rather than mega group tours. The third trend is that customers prefer to use products which offers flexible, cancelable uh, uh, itinerary. So uh, hotels and airlines, which can offer flexible and changeable itinerary, normally get a lot of volumes. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned that, you know, people are kind of doing smaller um, or traveling in smaller groups. Is that also more kind of like staycations? And are you seeing kind of any hotspots so like Hainan, for instance, is that now kind of replacing, I guess, Milan or Paris or a lot of the previous travel hubs now that those are kind of out of reach now for most travelers. Sure. Uh, we after the Chinese New Year, we have experienced two holidays. One is the Qingming Festival, which is similar to Easter holiday in the West. Uh, in Qingming Festival, we only had a three-day weekend. Uh, during that long weekend, customers stay very close to their home. Uh, so the nearby staycation becomes very popular because the majority of the students have to do their homework uh, for one day. So so parents tend to uh, just bring the kids to the park or museum nearby their home. Uh, however, for the May 1st, Labor Day weekend, uh, we had a five-day long weekend. So I took my uh, family to fly into Qinghai, which is about three and a half an hour away from Shanghai. And over there, it's beautiful. It's so big. Uh, we're able to see the Maldives in Qinghai oh, wow. province, uh, which is beautiful. I'm sure in the summer break, where the students will have two months vacation, these uh, mm -hmm. inland uh, most popular travel destinations will get a lot of volume. Mm, that sounds really lovely. I'm glad to hear you had some downtime there. Um, and so outbound travel, though, I think it's still relatively low. I think in 2018, um, Chinese travelers made about 150 million outbound trips, and they spent 277 billion dollars abroad, but how do you see the pandemic kind of changing the, the flow of outbound tourism? Mm. Uh, I think uh, for right now, the border is still uh, quite closed, but I'm very confident for a couple of reasons. One is when you look at our search results, the pent-up demand for outbound travel is huge. Uh, lots mm. of customers are willing to take their family to travel across the borders. So the demand is there. Secondly, when you uh, look at the high-end malls, every weekend, uh, the luxury uh, uh, product luxury stores are full of people lining up, try to buy products such as Tiffany, LV, uh, etc. Uh, so customers buying power is very strong. Thirdly, uh, more and more people are taking vaccines. Uh, mm. And I'm sure that once the majority of the people uh, take vaccine, the borders will become more and more open. Uh, so we're very much looking forward for the final day where we can say, oh, you know, the majority of the people have taken vaccine. Uh, the situation is under control. Mm. Kind of related to that, I know that China's launched a digital COVID-19 vaccination certificate for its citizens hoping to do kind of cross-border travel. And I believe some ministers in the G20 are also, uh, tourism ministers in the G20 are also 
um, you know, discussing kind of similar plans to do so. Um, do you, and they, they think, you know, that's quite crucial for an economic recovery. Do you see this um, other countries kind of adopting a similar approach and how imperative do you think it is to have kind of a vaccine certificate or, or some passport um, to kind of restart travel again more, more globally? Yeah, I think uh, uh, travel is uh, in humans' gene. Uh, if you uh, adapt to the theory of origin, we are all, you know, the descendants of the travelers from Africa. So I think everyone loves traveling. Uh, secondly, it's very important also for the local economy. Uh, we When we send customers from China to the rest of the world, we bring uh, the local economy buying power job opportunity, which is very important. And thirdly, I think it's also very important for people-to-people -people exchange to promote global understanding and global peace. Mm -hmm. So you talked a little bit about the recovery, but I think things weren't, you know, that great kind of a few months earlier prior, um, you know, a lot of repeat waves of outbreaks and then lots of kind of last minute cancellations and even refunds that had to be processed. Mm -hmm. Could you walk us through kind of what strategies TRIP had to employ during the pandemic, um, you know, and then also how it plans to recoup kind of some of its lost, some of its lost revenue now looking forward? Yes. Um <clears throat> When we look back to last year, uh, Q1 of last year, 2020, was the most difficult quarter for us because China was the first country which got hit by the pandemics. Uh, and uh, uh, lots of customers were stuck in the airport, in the traffic hubs. So we always adopt to a theory that uh, we need to put customers' interest first, and then uh, partners second, and trip.com the third. So without asking any questions, we refunded our customers even before we get the money back from our partners. Mm -hmm. And that was very critical because that enabled our customers to have peace in mind. And uh, we got lots of praises from our consumers, uh, which is very important for our business. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and I wanted to ask a little bit about kind of market share and, and plans to do that. I know China Tech has been changing very rapidly of late. Um, kind of given the the recent kind of anti-monopoly regulations, how does Trip plan on kind of continuing to grow its market share and thinking about the future? And will it be taking a new approach, say, to like partnerships and deals also? Yeah, we welcome the government's policy because we are in a vertical of travel and we like to have all the platform to be available for us to list our products. So whether it is a BAT or TMD, uh, all the platform, as long as uh, they are open, uh, we'll be more than happy to collaborate with everyone uh, in the market to, to put the best product, best price onto these platforms. Mm -hmm. So it's, really... it's positive for our industry. Mm -hmm. So there isn't really changes in how you're going to go about approaching deals or, or partnerships? It's No, yeah. No, okay, that's helpful to know. Um, so kind of related to that, Trip has made a number of recent acquisitions, including um, India's Make My Trip and then also Skyscanner. Um, so how do these acquisitions kind of uh, tie into Trip's kind of broader global ambitions? 
Yeah, when we hold very high standard when we make an investment, uh, there are three major criteria we adhere to. First of all, all the investment we made has to uh, closely related to our core business, which is travel. Secondly, the target uh, we look into always is number one or number two in their vertical or in their region. And thirdly, although they are number one in their vertical, we still need to make sure the price we're paying is reasonable. So that takes a lot of discipline. Uh, so mm -hmm. normally we wait until the market to give us a good entry point, uh, then we make an investment. Mm -hmm. So will the company be kind of focusing and emphasizing acquisitions um, or kind of organic growth um, in the future? Yeah, organic growth is always our priority. Uh, only when you stand alone, be very strong, then you will attract all the other players to work with you. So organic growth is always, always our focus and always our uh, priority. Okay. Um, so Trip also recently completed a secondary offering in Hong Kong. Um, mm -hmm. Could you explain what, to us a little bit about kind of uh, the motivations behind going for it for this listing and then also kind of what uh, Trip hopes to accomplish with having that? Sure. Uh, being listed on Hong Kong give us a couple of advantages. First of all, our brand uh, name is very well known in Asia. So that gives us a good um, uh, access to our potential customers, not only within mainland China, but in, also in Asia. Uh, secondly, we also have many uh, partners such as airlines, hotels, uh, and also the local tour operators. Uh, so being a Hong Kong listed company also give us the brand uh, for us to collaborate with potential partners in Asia. And thirdly, our investors used to be concentrated in the US, in Europe mm. before. Now we also reach out to the Asian investor space, uh, which is very helpful for us. Uh, so our investors can work uh, around the world in terms of uh, and facilitate their trading windows. Mm. Okay. Um, and I wanted to ask a little bit about business travel. Obviously, um, tele the, the fact that we're using teleconferencing and Zoom calls has meant that a lot of kind of in-person meetings are, are really no longer. Do you still think that business travel will be relevant in a few years? Yeah, uh, I think uh, there are a couple of uh, business tra travelers, uh, which is very difficult to replace. Uh, for mm -hmm. example, a business conference uh, where you have when you go to a meeting, you're supposed to meet 100 people, 200 people. That is very difficult to be replaced by Zoom, etc. Secondly, when we look at the recovery in China, leisure and staycation was the first uh, stage uh, in, in the recovery process. However, once uh, the situation is stabilized, we saw a huge pickup on business travel uh, because there were certain meetings uh, and people-to-people -people interactions we need to do. So in China market, uh, we saw a very uh, rapid recovery, not only in the leisure business, but also in, uh, global, uh, in the business uh, travel as well. What about trip.com? Are you working from home or kind of working in the office now? We're all working in the office. All back in the office. Uh, we recovered from February of 
14th last year, we all wear masks to come to work in office. And after one month, when the situation was totally in the control, uh, we don't wear masks in office either. Mm -hmm. So the IATA has said that airline consolidation could hold back sector consolidation for up to five years. I think they also estimated that um, airlines could uh, burn through another kind of 81 billion in cash this year. What do you make of uh, budget airlines that have been squeezed by the pandemic? Do you see them having kind of a future in a, in a post-pandemic world? And then what about kind of other options like cruises and, and other travel things that people may be warming up to or, or thinking about? Mm. When I look at the flight uh, from Shanghai to Singapore, for example, uh, the flight number decreased. However, the loading data increases. Almost every flight was full. Uh, so I still believe the first step for us is really for the scientists and doctors and uh, governments to make sure uh, all the vaccines are done and we pharmaceutical companies can develop certain medicines to reduce the symptoms. So in the future, uh, if uh, COVID is treated as a severe flu where there is no life-threatening situation, but rather controllable symptom, uh, then I think uh, the global travel will resume and industry uh, probably will recover uh, as a result. Uh, I think from what we have seen in the China market, the buying power, as long as the buying power is there, uh, people's willingness to travel and desire to travel is still very strong. Mm -hmm. And that's in, you think that's in the rest of the world too, not, I, not I, just specifically in China? Yeah, I think so. I, bet, I have received many um, requests uh, for the CEOs in the global banks, uh, global companies to come and visit us. Uh, although they have to uh, be quarantined for 14 days, uh, they're willing to travel all the way from uh, United States, from UK, from Europe to come and visit us to conduct a business already. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and I wanted to ask a little bit about kind of research and development. Um, last year, TRIP earmarked, I believe it was around 7 billion RMB um, to, to push into kind of development. And I think that was around uh, two-fifths of sales. Could you tell us about what um, kind of what was the focus of these efforts, kind of what is uh, yeah, TRIP trying to do um, by investing this amount of money? Yes, uh, for us, although last year was very difficult, uh, we never had any headcount reduction uh, for product and engineering team. Uh, instead, we give them extra bonuses uh, to motivate them and to retain our talents. Uh, their uh, investment are in a couple of folds. We have about 10,000 engineers around the world. Uh, some of them will recruit them in the global places from top schools, from the Silicon Valleys to enhance our technology platform. Uh, secondly, we also have more than 10,000 employees working as service agent to help our customers around the world. So when we had a shooting in Las Vegas or tsunami in Japan, our team are able to reach out to our customers within a few seconds and the very next day, uh, we can rescue them uh, to their home country right away. Uh, so these are the investments we made uh, all year round with or without COVID. Mm. That's helpful. Um, and I wanted to ask about diversity. I think unlike uh, many other peers, uh, TRIP has a lot of uh, many women in kind of senior levels of, of leadership. And um, I wanted to ask about how um, kind of the way that TRIP 
is thinking about um, and supporting and developing female talent and what might be kind of different. Sure. And how it um, sure. I am the uh, only female CEO uh, in the major high tech uh, companies. Uh, so we pay lots of attention to establish good policy to support uh, the next generation of the female leadership. So, for example, when a female is pregnant, uh, we offer free taxi to take them home and bring them to work. Uh, when the baby is born, we give them 500 as a welcome gift, uh, 3000 as an education fee. When they come back to work, we offer flexible working hours. And then we also realize that more and more uh, young female students are getting their PhDs. Uh, they prefer to study overseas before they come back to work. Uh, however, they have a biological clock uh, where uh, they struggle a little bit, whether to have children first, have family first, or have work first. So if they decide to have their eggs frozen, our company will pay for it. And we are the first company and the only company who does that in China, which is very progressive. And as a result, more than 50% of the workforce are females, more than 40% of the middle managers are females, and more than one third of the executives are females. And these numbers are even better than the Silicon Valley's, which I feel very proud of. Mm -hmm. Well, um, that's, that's all really helpful. Um, kind of before I hand this back to Rob, I just wanted to um, ask one finally, kind of as you look towards the future, what do you think are kind of the most um, pressing or important questions for either trip or even kind of the travel industry more broadly? Yeah, uh, I think travel in a way not only is very good for the global economy, it accounts for about 10% of the GDP in the global places. And it also accounts for about 10% of the job opportunity around the world. So I would encourage everyone, government, industry players, uh, doctors, scientists to work together uh, and make sure all the people are protected either through drugs or through vaccines. Uh, and we really need to work together to promote global travel industry and promote global uh, peace as a result. Well, great, thank you so much, Jane, um, for that. And um, maybe I'll just um, hand it back to Rob now, if you have any kind of follow-up questions before- Thank uh, you so audience. much. Thank you. So J Jane, thank thanks, you. For, thanks for that. I mean, it's, it's uh, I, I'm, I'm curious to hear that you have bankers coming from the US and the UK who are going willing to spend two weeks in quarantine just so they can come in and see you. That's fascinating. I, I suppose yeah. when it comes to doing hiring them for mandates, those <laughs> who take that ex, who take that extra effort are going to get up front, no? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I think that the CEO's uh, interest and passion in this market will win uh, their uh, lots of business uh, when uh, COVID is over and business recovers to normal. Yeah. Well, let me let me go through some of the questions. There's a few that you touched on a few of them, so some of this might be a little more specific or repetitive. But one of the things that came up is, on a couple of questions, is um, has the pandemic made us understand better, sort of us as in human beings, that we need to do something to reduce the consumption of uh, carbon dioxide, which um, of which travel is a, is a is a large producer, right? I mean airlines and things. It, it, similarly, someone asked what strategy should we take to reduce the 
uh, carbon consumption in travel. How do you view this question and sustainability and climate change within the sort of construct of where you're going with, with TRIP? Yeah, so uh, within our group, we promote three R's, uh, which is reduce, reuse, and recycle. Uh, I think in the new generation, uh, these concepts are very strongly rooted in our new generation of the travelers. And we uh, will make sure uh, that we promote uh, these concepts where people are on the road. And also we need to work very closely within the industry uh, so that the product we are offering to the customers also reflects uh, eco friendly environment. For example, if we can reduce the usage of the plastics, we should. Uh, if we can promote, uh, you, you recycle uh, the slippers or the uh, paper bags, we should. Uh, so it takes uh, everyone's concerted efforts uh, to make sure while we travel, we promote the concept to be environmental friendly. Right. Um Okay, let me turn to something else. People in Europe seem to be quite interested in what, how do you see the recovery of tourism in Europe? What is trip.com's strategy to take advantage of that? From what I can see, uh, the interest for Chinese consumers to come and travel into Europe is very, very strong uh, because Europe offers so many wonderful sites. Uh, my family were in Rome and my husband taught my kids about the history of Rome. And when we went to Florence, he taught the kids about the Renaissance. And then we went to Scotland and the kids learn about Scot Scot uh, Scottish enlightenment. So all these wonderful history, uh, wonderful sites, beautiful sceneries are very attractive uh, to the Chinese customers. Uh, so I'm very much looking forward to bringing uh, millions of the customers back to Europe when everything returns normal. Well, one of the questions that came up on uh, is a sort of follow up to that is, um, what are the what, which European destinations will be the hottest search destinations or are the hottest search destinations? And when do you think we'll see a return in traffic versus 2019 Europe, something 50 to 80% return mm -hmm. in traffic? Yeah, uh, so uh, normally the countries which have demonstrated its uh, safety and hospitality uh, get a lot of attention. So UK, historically, because it's an English-speaking country, it's safe, it's beautiful, normally gets a lot of uh, attention. Switzerland is very popular for uh, skiing trips in the winter during the Chinese New Year. Italy and Greece are known for its history. I personally like Sicily a lot. Uh, so these beautiful uh, uh, countries attract a lot of customers and the Baltic uh, is very popular in the summer uh, for the cruise industry. Uh, Europe has so much to offer. Uh, I'm really looking forward to bringing more customers back to Europe. And what are your top three travel destinations of your customers? In general, uh, Europe is very popular. Uh, Africa becomes more popular uh, in the young generation. Um, and US, Canada, uh, pre-COVID was were quite popular as well. Yeah, pursuant to that also the US, what, how important uh, or what impact do US and Canada 
China Chinese government sort of relations. Sometimes there have been arguments over trade or that kind of thing. Um, how does that affect um, the business of travel between these countries? Mm. Yeah, I think uh, as long as people uh, have demonstrated their hospitality uh, to the to the customers who intend to travel there. Uh, consumers will uh, be very willing uh, to explore these new sites. Uh, and we are also working very closely with the industry players within China to make sure uh, we welcome all the other brands from the other countries to come and visit China uh, because it's a rich, it's very rich in history. Uh, it's a fast uh, developed economy and people here are very uh, friendly. Uh, so we love to host more visitors from the other countries as well. And on uh, here's a question about vaccines. I mean, is there a sense that um, that that uh, do you have any sense of when there will be some sort of ability to travel between uh, well to through back and forth to China without a quarantine uh, based on vaccine uh, passports of some mm. sort? Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, I think uh, uh, right now, if China, uh, Chinese people, for example, go to Singapore, they don't have to be quarantined. Uh, so that's one big step. And going forward, as people are taking uh, more uh, vaccines uh, and scientists have gathered more data uh, so that the people who have taken vaccines are uh, unlikely to be infected and therefore they don't need to be quarantined. That will be the second step, which we are very uh, eager to see. And if the quarantine can be reduced uh, and the risk can be reduced, then the borders will be more open and it's very good for the travel industry as well. So I guess I'm asking selfishly, when can I visit you in Shanghai? I've been vaccinated, we, so. <laughs> We're ready to host you anytime. <laughs> um, are Chinese airlines prioritizing regional APAC restart versus Europe? Is there some, do you sense that there is a sort of, yeah, it's a good question, whether uh, there's sort of the, the, the return to international travel is starting more regionally rather than long haul. Mm. Uh, I think the countries which have demonstrated uh, its ability to control the back, uh, COVID uh, will be able to attract more uh, travelers. Uh, so, for example, Singapore relatively is uh, quite safe. So we have seen the loading data for the flight flying to Singapore is almost full every day. Uh, so that's very promising. Uh, but if a country uh, still haven't demonstrated its ability to control the uh, virus, I think the focus for the government there should be really protected people first, uh, and then we can send people over once the situation is under control. Um, here's another question. Um, how does government crackdown on monopolistic behavior impact C-Trip and its relationship with hotels in China, uh, hotels and airlines? Does C-Trip use exclusive contracts? Um, for the government's move, again, as we discussed before, we are in a vertical, very narrow vertical, which is travel, and we welcome uh, government's policy so that all the platform uh, will be made available uh, for us to list our products. So 
whether it's TN, VAT, uh, um, TMD, uh, our product will be listed at uh, the best price, the best product, the best service will be listed on all the products, which will be very good for our industry. Uh, how do you visualize margin expansion for TRIP, especially from international travel when it returns? Yeah, normally uh, international business is uh, more expensive, uh, but in this environment, because the international business is uh, uh, still uh, needs to wait uh, for a while before it recovers. So our focus this year uh, still uh, needs to be uh, going depth for domestic travel, uh, which is also very promising because a lot of high-end customers who cannot go abroad, now they will spend their money in the domestic travel business. So we're helping our hotel uh, partners, airline partners, rental car partners to really make sure uh, they offer the best product and service to host these customers who go to uh, Europe or go to United States uh, in before COVID. And then sort of just a last question from me before I hand over to, back to Sharon for another question, which is simply, um, do you, what is the, the, the Chinese traveler, you know, here in Europe, you often see them, you know, large groups of, with red flags or whatever, you know, going through. How do you expect the evolution of the Chinese international travel over the next, mm -hmm. let's say five to 10 years? And how do you as a, a trip.com prepare for that? Yeah, uh, we have seen uh, some trends that customers prefer to travel within much smaller groups. Uh, so, that, for example, our customer, we innovated a product called Customized Tool, where a family will hire one driver, uh, one tour guide, and they will travel with four to six people or their family. Uh, and that's become very popular. The growth rate is more than 600% year over year. Wow. Um, the other trend we have seen is that a theme tour. So for example, in the winter, uh, we'll have a, a ski tour and young people will join us for the ski tour. In the summer, uh, young people like to learn surfing. Uh, so the surfing tour becomes very popular. Uh, and then for the city, uh, white collar young people, they prefer to have some meditation. Uh, so the meditation tour will uh, be, become very popular in the springtime. Uh, so uh, customized tour, theme tour now are becoming more and more popular. And what's when you can get back and go anywhere in the world, Jane, anywhere you like for, I don't know, a week getaway or even a weekend, where, where is it going to be? I love Africa. So I like to go to the uh, Africa safari once the border is open. Okay. Well, Sharon, I hand it to you. Yeah, I guess just um, one final question. Thank you, Jane. That's uh, super interesting. Um, is that you... Trip is still very much focused on the, the Chinese market, but you did mention that you're kind of investing a lot of funds and developing kind of both the technology side and, and other um, kind of the product as well. What are your plans in terms of kind of international expansion? And do you have, I guess, anything exciting that you're looking forward to this year? Apart from mm. the, <laughs> the yeah. assumption of travel again, globally. Yeah. Um, sure. So travel in its nature is global because customers 
you know, when they travel, there is no border. Uh, so we would like to bring uh, more customers from China to the rest of the world. Uh, but again, also, we would like to uh, invite more friends from all over the world to come and visit China uh, once the COVID is over, because the international exchange for us uh, is very important uh, to promote people to people friendship and global peace. Uh, Jane, really, it's great uh, pleasure to, to hear your views on, on the world. I'm, I'm very encouraged. I'm going to get my, uh, I'm going to brush off my passport and uh, start packing a bag soon. And uh, I'm not sure I'll make it to Shanghai anytime uh, very soon, but I, I'm, I am looking forward to, uh, to a time when I can. And uh, again, thank you very much, Sharon. And thank you, most of all, Jane. Yeah, we love to invite you to come and visit us in China when everything returns normal. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Take care. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. This episode of The Exchange was produced by Freddie Joyner in New York. Do sign up for Breaking Views on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and to our sister podcast, The Views Room. And remember to check us out every day on breakingviews.com and at our Twitter handle, at Breaking Views.